is The Unseen, and I'm your host, Mike Cleland. Yvonne Smith will be my guest on this episode. She is a hypnotherapist and author. She began doing hypnosis work over 30 years ago, and this began with a focus on PTSD, and this soon overlapped with the UFO contact experience. Yvonne is a therapist first and a researcher second, and we talk about this a lot during the show, the difference between these two things. She sees her work as a way to help lessen the suffering that comes with these very difficult experiences. Three years ago, in August of 2018, I did a hypnosis session with Yvonne, and that experience will be the focus of this interview. And we try to explore the implications and deeper meanings of what emerged in that session. At the end of our interview, I will play the audio recording of the actual hypnosis session. And for me, including this audio was a heavy decision. Uh, If you make it that far into the show, you will hear that I got very emotional, and it might be difficult to listen to. So just a warning up ahead. Um, It was a big decision, and it weighed heavily on me to add the audio of the actual hypnosis, my hypnosis session. But in some ways, I didn't know how not to include it. I just feel that the interview won't make any sense without it. You can reach Yvonne at her website, which is hypnotherapistyvonsmith.com. I'll repeat that. Hypnotherapistyvonsmith, all one word, dot com. And she has written two excellent books. The first was Coronado, and it is subtitled The President, The Secret Service, and Alien Abductions. And this came out in 2014. And this was about a mass abduction event that took place on the island of Catalina in the Coronado Hotel. The second book is titled Chosen, and it is subtitled From the Alien Hybrid Program to the Fate of the Planet. And this was authored with Yvonne and James P. Lau, and it was published in 2017. And both these books can be found on Amazon. And also, for members, there will be no commercials. And for non-paying members, the interview will be interrupted at two points with commercials. Now, before I jump into the actual interview, I want to say this, and, and this is something I've noted before. Yvonne has a very calm way about her, and it is a little bit disarming given the, like, crazy frenetic energy that comes along with the subject matter, which is UFO contact. And it makes it very easy to work with her as a therapist because she is so calm and so grounded, and and I appreciated that during my time and work with her. This audio interview was recorded on Friday, June 4th, 2021. Please enjoy. Yvonne, I want to thank you so much for saying yes to this interview. It means a lot to me. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. So I open the show the same way every time. I say the very same thing, but this time I really do mean it. It does mean a lot to me. Um, 
For this episode of my show, I would like to focus on a session that we had, a hypnosis session, in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me trying to process it. And there's lots of levels I'm trying to process this thing. It's been uh, three years, over three years now, and I'm still you know, baffled and sort of astonished at what came out during that session. Usually people are, yeah, we never know what's going to come out in a session. So that's why I make sure people are prepared to, you know, to know uh, if, if something does come out that they actually have had experiences. Um, that's why I send out my information in a letter to be sure that they are ready to do this. Because once the information comes out, as you know, it can't be put back in. Yes, yes. Now, I'm, I know, so hypnosis is sort of contentious in this field, or not sort of contentious, it's very contentious in this field. There's two camps, and then there's a camp in the middle, I guess. But on one end of the continuum is people who depend on hypnosis for this kind of research, and that would be UFO contact or the abduction research. And then on the other end are people that, that, um, see it as dangerous, like we're introducing false information into the study. And then there are people in the middle, I guess, who are, you know, say you can use it wisely or or you can gain certain things from it. Um, like, and I'm struggling in that right now because the, the story that emerged in our session was so monumentally intense, I, I don't know how to trust it. So where, where are you at on this as far as the use of hypnosis and fully trusting the information? Well, of course, You know, I've been doing this now for 30 years. And if I had never seen healing within my clientele, within my support group, Ciro, I wouldn't have continued doing this. It is very healing with with someone who is skilled at doing this. And um, that's really important that someone who has been trained knows how to pose the questions carefully and, of course, not lead someone into uh, thinking they had they had an abduction experience when they didn't. I know that it was a big, uh, big deal a few years ago. It came out during, um, there was some child abuse cases and they were blaming the therapist for you know, planting um ideas and situations in their mind and in a, in a, of course that could happen that does happen with someone who is not trained like I said and who does not pose the questions correctly in order not to lead someone but for people who say that this is dangerous or whatever else they say they they really do not have an idea of what this is all about so I, I will push back with people who, who say that because I've seen the changes in people. I've seen the healing. Uh, they come to me, of course, with PTSD symptoms, which occur whenever anyone suffers a trauma, a traumatic experience, no matter what it is. Well, alien abduction is... Um, is no different. They're they're suffering from something that they can't explain. They're hypervigilant. They feel something's going to happen at any time, but they don't know what. They feel out of control. 
So they come to me with all these symptoms, and as we're working together, the fear, these symptoms begin to dissipate, and they're able to sleep again. They're able to concentrate on their work because we all have to work. We all have to pay bills, and that's the first thing, you know, that I am concerned with is to get someone to function in their everyday life, and then we deal with the you know, with the experience. And this is also why I established Ciro, my support group, 29 years ago, for people to come together to speak about their experiences without feeling they're going to be ridiculed. Um, and they are private. They're by invitation only, and I've kept it that way to keep it a safe haven for people. So, they're, you know, it, it really does help when they feel that they're not alone. Yeah, and I and I have been to one of your support groups in. Um, I remember, yes, in Pasadena, yeah, and I've also been to some of the meetings you have run at the International UFO Congress over the years. Right. Oh, yes, I enjoy doing that. I'll, I'll be doing that again this year in September, which will be so nice to have an in-person conference again. I think I think the everyone in the whole planet is hungry to be out and about again. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Last year, twenty twenty was terrible for all of us. So. I think we're really anxious to get together and, and feel each other's energy. And I love hosting the experience sessions there. So, so you, your role is a therapist first. Yes. And a researcher second. Is that fair to say? Yes. It's very fair to say. It's that, as I mentioned before, it's, it's necessary for people who come to me to be able to, if, you know, if in fact we discover that they have been abducted all their lives, it's important for me to help that person incorporate this into their everyday life. Because unfortunately, once they've been chosen to have this experience and their family members as well, the experience doesn't go away. Uh, It doesn't just stop. It may lay dormant for a while, but something else will happen. Something else will come forward. And so I tell people, you know, just next time they know or they might feel that something is coming, you know, and of course they get nervous and sometimes frightened again because they know they can't stop it, but yet intellectually they know, okay, if I'm having this experience again, I know I'll be okay. I know they're going to bring me back. But it, it is it is a process. I mean, I've worked with people since I started my practice 30 years ago because it is an ongoing experience. Uh, it's very complex. I, you know, people always ask me, oh, how many sessions will it take? And I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, because everyone is so different in how they handle all of this. Just like we're all different in how we handle when one of our loved ones passes away, we all handle grief so differently. And so this is the same thing. And all I tell them is it's going to take, definitely going to take more than one or two sessions. Well, I have had sessions with other uh, hypnotherapists, and I can talk about that a little bit. You know what I will do? I will be playing the actual recording of our session at the very end of our interview, and uh, that will allow people to hear 
my voice. I will edit it slightly. There's some long pauses in there, which I guess is normal in mm-hmm. hypnosis. Oh, very, yes. Yeah, I'll shorten, I'll shorten some of the long pauses there. But I just listened to it before before calling you now. I just listened to it minutes before we got on the phone here. And I was really struck by the power of it. And, and I will also add, it sounds pretty good. The, the audio quality isn't too bad. And I, I, I thought about this before, and I've been thinking long and hard about it, but I've tried to be as open as I can be with my experiences, and I've tried to share as much as I possibly can publicly. And I know that's a little messy in, in the sense that I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't had any evidence that it has actually impacted my day-to-day life, being so open with my experiences. So I'm going to continue with that and then put this on at the end of the show, and then folks can listen to it. We'll talk about the session, but then they'll be able to hear the session in its entirety at the end. Good. Okay. Okay. So let me just start that in 2017, almost a year before we had our session, I did a hypnosis session with Mary Rodwell. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tried to cover a bunch of things, um, a bunch of things that happened in my life. And and so we jumped around a bit in, in listening to the audio recording of that session. You know, we go from one event to another event. And then and the, the story that emerged when you and I talked also emerged uh, when I spoke with Mary a year earlier. And I, I, the only way I can describe this, it was like watching a rerun on TV. Mm. You know, you, like a TV show you have seen before. It was, by all accounts, a frame-for-frame frame rerun. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same experience emerged with her that emerged with you. As far as I can tell, there were no variations. The only difference was that session was a little choppy because we were jumping around it a bit. Sure. And the session that you and I had, that was the only thing we wanted to talk about. That was the only thing I was asking about. And it rolled out in a very smooth, linear fashion. So it's a little easier to... The hypnosis session with you plays out a little cleaner as a story. Yes. Oh, I, I totally can understand. Yeah. Um... Here, so like, I cried in the session, in both sessions, the session with Mary and the session with you. And um, and I'll say I cried hard. Like I was, I made, that's one thing I will edit out is no one needs to hear me get so, so emotional. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm assuming this must be very normal for you in your role, in your job as a hypnotherapist to, to see people go through such strong emotions, relive such strong emotions. Oh, it, you know, it happens all the time. Um, it, uh, and, and the person who is, has become very emotional after we end the session, I bring them out of hypnosis. They're, they're so surprised that they um, experience these very raw, strong feelings uh, during the session. And, um, you know, that's when they know that what they experienced had to be real. You know, because when you're making something up or you're, if it was something from, you know, some television show or something like that, that that emotion, that raw emotion is just not going to come through. And because, you know, people go, oh, they could just, read books or they could watch a show and, you know, then they could just parrot all the information. But see, I send out the information to everyone 
to get a background on them, to get a family background about them, because this does run in the family. It starts in childhood. Uh, it rarely, rarely will start all of a sudden in adulthood, very rarely. When that happens, when someone comes to me and says, oh, my gosh, I had an experience, I think, I don't remember anything else, you know, I suspect that they've had other experiences, but they're just not remembering, mm -hmm. not yet anyway. So, I mean, I was not surprised when you got so emotional. I mean, I, that, that's my work. I, I come across this all the time. Okay, okay. Um, so for me, lying on the couch to, you know, sort of sitting up at the end of the session and how I felt, um, I mean, I think that purging and, and like unleashing those raw emotions is therapy in itself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I felt good after the session a, a crazy story emerged that i didn't know how to fit into my brain in a way i guess it, it's funny because i i had the session with mary a year earlier and i really fought it like i really fought like this this i don't trust it this can't be true you so you're you fought you're fighting the memories that were coming forward or you're fighting the emotion or both well, I found the emotion therapeutic. So, like, I felt good after Mary's session too. But I, I would say I was okay. Like, I was very cautious to believe the story that emerged here. Let me just. So, what happened was in the session, and if people who listen all the way to the end can hear it. I am outside. I'm there's a bright light behind a bush. I'm sleeping outside, which I do a lot. I sleep under the stars, mm -hmm. and there's a bright light behind the bush, and and I'm you're leading me through. And at some point, I kind of go, "It's them." It's them. I know it's them. I know it's them. <laughs> and then I'm I'm like whoosh, I'm like looking down at this big giant what by all accounts is a landed flying saucer. And I'm looking down in it and I'm saying like I don't know how I got here. I'm up here and 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 you asked, "Are you out of body?" And I said, "I think my body's still in the sleeping bag, but I am looking down at this thing." Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I know, I'm inside and I'm walking in a hallway. And the very first thing I say is like I, I'm not tall. Like I'm six foot tall, and and I didn't feel six foot tall. I felt short, and I looked at my body, and I looked at my hands, and I and I was like wearing a skinny, tight spacesuit on, and I had these long fingers, and I was like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a gray alien. And the thing that scared me more than anything, or not scared me, the thing that was unsettling more than anything was I said, this feels so normal. This feels so normal. Mm -hmm. Now, uh -huh. have, have you run into this where people, so the, so the big picture, I'll, I'm just filling in the audience who have, might not have heard this. The big picture is that the implication was that I had lived a life in some previous consciousness as a gray alien and that I was incarnated here on earth as a person, as me, as Mike, and I can, I'm a complete person. I don't feel like I'm like, like, I feel like I'm, I'm really me and I'm not like some, uh, uh split personality or something. Mm -hmm. And then, but somewhere in this consciousness rests the consciousness of a gray alien waiting to perform some duty. And, and that, that's, 
sums up the majority of the talk. Now, have you heard this before? I have. Yeah, I have. Just like how you described it, they were, um, they felt themselves in a different body, just like you did. And they do feel, oh, I mean, I'm I'm coming across so many people now the last several years. That's why I I put it in my last book, the, the second half of my last book, Chosen, about people feeling that they are here to do something. They have a job to do, the mission to do, um, but they don't know what. And many of them have changed their careers, where they live. I mean, just so many changes have happened to people after they've awakened to this experience. But what I, you know, what I heard in your session about you felt, you know, you were a gray I've heard that before. At first, I wasn't sure about the information about that coming forward. But then I've heard it, you know, many times now. Uh, you know, if I hear something and I haven't heard it again, I'll put it on the back burner. And I will see if it comes up in other sessions. And, and that does. It, as strange as it sounds to people. It has come up in other sessions. Wow. And so so I had I had read on um, this. The first time I remember reading about this was in John Mack's book, Abduction, mm-hmm. which I think came out in 1996 or something like that. I'm, I think I've got... Something, yeah, it was in the 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was, um, like, I feel like I was predisposed to that. And uh, uh, researchers, do you know Joe Lewis from Texas? Yes. So he's talked about this too. So, like, I feel like I was front-loaded with this information before I did the session with you and before I did the session with Mary. Mm-hmm. So, so, but I, the thing that is un, unsettling to me is that those two sessions played out with such an exactness. I basically relived the same event. Mm-hmm. And I'll also hear you just got to my next question. Like I said during this, during the session, um, as a gray alien, seemingly, I was confused in essence in talking to this kind of, it felt like a trial in a way or but i said you know the the time is now Mm -hmm. it is starting now and everything is going to change and i said i have a role to play and then i also said like like you asked me like what is this role and i said i don't know i don't know and it was so frustrating Mm -hmm. and i said like yes like it's locked and i don't have the key like they they hold the key they hold the key yeah I've heard that so many times where uh, I'm hearing it from you and I'm getting goosebumps (laughs) Um, because I've heard it so many times before where people will say they have a job to do. And this is like, say, during their session, they're with the, the aliens and they're communicating. And the aliens are telling them, when the time comes, you'll know what to do. I mean, I've heard this over and over and over again. And it is frustrating to the abductee because, you know, of course, you know, they want to know, what am I supposed to do? What is, what is my job? They just know they are supposed to do something. I mean, my whole support group, uh, we've had meetings about this, and it's still, we still have conversations about it. And this was the, 
your session or your experience happened in 2017? Um, so the actual event that, that was March 10th, 2013. Yes. So the previous session with Mary was 2017. Okay. So way back then. Okay. So 2013, what's that, eight years ago. Um, that's about the time, maybe a little bit before 2011, I started hearing from people, people that would come in my office, you know, new people that don't know each other, they don't know any of my other clients, and yet they're saying the same thing that you're saying about, I'm supposed to do something, I have a job to do, they feel like there's something coming real soon. Uh, I call that the urgency, because they kept telling me I'm supposed to do something, I feel like I'm supposed to do something. And that something was going to happen real soon. Something's coming down the pike real soon. And here we're in 2021, and all of a sudden we're hearing from mainstream media are reporting about UFOs and uh, was it A Tip that Harry yep, yep. Senator Harry Reid uh, headed up in the Pentagon. But yet we're hearing this from, like, say, New York Times, Washington Post, minutes. CNN. I mean, 60 Minutes did that show. This is a complete turnaround. This is something that we've been waiting for. You know, this is no longer in the tabloids. And people who have not even thought about UFOs are always like, oh, sure, you know, it, it would debunk them. It wouldn't believe people. Now they're going, gee, I saw that on CNN. Or, yeah, I watched 60 Minutes, and now they're paying attention. Yeah. So I feel like this could be part of that. What was what, what that? that alien being tell you this is just the start of it? More than now is the time, yeah. Like, now is the time. It's starting right now. Okay, Basically, it felt like I felt like it was communicated to me that my old life had ended and this new life mm -hmm. was beginning right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people, like as I mentioned, several people that I've worked with changed their careers. You know, some making six figures and just decided, you know, the money is just not important anymore. You know, I need to go work for the environment. I need to do something, you know, it just is amazing to me. And it's still amazing to me because I still hear this. Some people are saying, maybe I'm supposed to tell everybody about my experience, write a book or, or lecture, or I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to educate people about this. And I do feel that they want us to educate the people. Look what's happening now. Look what the Navy pilots they came forward and said, there's something flying out there with us. We don't know what they were. And they were scared. Yeah. You know, this thing is flying in our airspace. I mean, that's why people really started paying attention. So they want us to know about them. The way things are happening now, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed, but I'm also very pleased. It's like, God, it's about time that mainstream media starts talking about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I spoke with Richard Dolan. I remember this conversation clearly. I did an interview with him about 10 years ago 
after the publication of AD, After Disclosure, which he wrote with Bryce Sable. And that was about, mm -hmm. you know, seemingly this time right now. And they framed it more like it was sort of at a press conference in the White House where the press liaison would stand at a podium and, you know, make an announcement that, yes, UFOs are real. Right. And the question I asked to Rich Dolan was, you know, what happens when the first person who raises their hand in that room says, you know, what about all those reports of people being taken from their bedrooms? Like, how does that fit into this? Yeah. And, you know, answering that question may be impossible from the podium of the White House. So what we're getting is, you know, Navy pilots saying they saw a craft in the distance. And yeah. and I'm wondering when the line is going to be crossed and they and they start talking about the first person experiences of of contact. Well, that's see, that's that's something that some of my group members we discussed, you know, I mean, you know, we got to take baby steps with this and the baby steps for the general public is like, oh, you know, something flying around. Navy pilots and commercial pilots have seen these things. But, you know, the next big step is to realize, OK, whoever is flying these things. They're coming down and they have been engaging with us for a long time, contacting people, taking them, you know, doing their experiments and whatever they're doing, that's, that's, that's going to be a whole other conversation. I mean, I feel that because this is so widespread, the abduction phenomenon, they, people in our government have been taken. I agree. Yeah. You know, I mean, no one's immune to this. So I think it's going to come out as it's meant to come out slowly. Like, look at how long it's taken for the mainstream media to report on UFOs and doing it seriously, mm -hmm. you know, not tongue-in-cheek anymore. Mm -hmm. Eventually, this will come out, and people are out there are going to realize that they're going to need help. Um, the abductees experiencers are very instrumental in all of this the disclosure you know it's like i don't look at our government or to our government for disclosure i think the abductees experiencers are going to drive this because more and more people are coming forward yeah yeah so you know we i talked about being on board the craft seemingly on board the craft and saying, you know, now is the time I volunteered for this. Mm -hmm. Now is the time it's, I have a mission. It starts right now. And I don't think I talked with you about this because it didn't really occur to me until afterwards. So that event, March 10th, 2013, that was the event I was lying in the Utah desert. And I looked up and saw what I thought was a landed flying saucer on a hillside. And, mm -hmm. and then I had this experience that emerged through hypnosis you know, years later. And on March 10th, 2013, that night, I sensed very strongly something had happened that night. I sensed very strongly that I had had some sort of contact thing. And the craft that I saw, I dismissed as a house. Like if somebody's big house in the desert, somebody, oh, somebody built a big house up on that hillside and I just rolled over as calmly as can be and went back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then I looked up and there was no house on Google Maps. That house was huge. It should have been easy to see that house. Mm -hmm. Sure. There was nothing there. There was no road or anything. So what, what I realized is I 
On March 10th, 2013, that night, I had the experience. The next day, March 11th, I drove home. It was a long drive. And March 12th, I started the book, The Messengers. I started writing the book. Mm -hmm. So, like, I did that unconsciously. I looked back. I was told, you have a mission. You have a role to play. Less than 48 hours, I started the book that has kind of defined my life in the last five years or so. That's amazing. Yeah. That was your message. And you said you started writing it, not connecting it to your experience? Well, I had already been doing a blog, and I had already been talking about UFO stuff, and I had already been collecting material about owls, but I formally started writing the book less than 48 hours after the event under the stars. Yep, I'm not surprised. I'm a little surprised. but (laughs) Of course, that's how things unfold. People that, you know, they'll write or they'll do something that they never thought they'd be doing. Um, I had a serial member who started a, who was doing her radio show. She goes, oh my gosh, I never thought I'd, you know, be hosting a radio show. You know, people will make changes in their lives. As And my life has flipped upside down in the last, you know, since since confronting this UFO experience in my life. Like, I, these things that always happened, I have a, I had a handful of memories before I started looking into them. So I didn't start looking into my own experiences until I was about 46 or so. And um, mm-hmm. and it was like, I don't know what else, like the, the dam broke basically at a certain point. And I was flooded with, with memories and, sure. and, and one of the, so here's something, one of the things I was flooded with and is, was powerful synchronicities. Is that, is that common for the folks you're working with? Oh, yes, absolutely. It happens on a daily basis with, with some people um, in my, in my own support group. Uh, and just the fact that, you know, I've forgotten that I was listening to the tape before our show and I remember that I it it refreshed my memory when you called me I was in the process of reading your book <laughs> do you remember oh yes yeah I mean when when I heard that on the tape I said oh my god that's right well that's that is a synchronicity that was that was incredible things like that happen constantly to experiencers so the the core of my research has been the synchronicities that involve owls and UFOs. So that you uh-huh. were reading my book on owls when I was asking you to do a hypnosis session about UFO stuff. I mean, that's it. That's the synchronicity about owls and UFOs. It's they're co-joined in that one event. So that has been that has been so normal for me in my life at this point. And I think that's how I replied to your email. I think I essentially laughed and said, "Yeah, this is this is pretty normal for me to get these kind of synchronicities." Oh yes. I remember that. I have a serial member who constantly sees owls around his house, hears them and sees them, and he has synchronicities uh, happening in his life constantly. I mean, they don't always involve owls, the synchronicities, but I know that you you were concentrating on on that aspect of it with your books. Yes. And so this is a funny thing now. So before we started the session, like I was there in your office and we talked and we talked for probably 45 minutes or so and just, you know, what we wanted to cover and 
was nice and calm and felt like we were created a little checklist. There wasn't much in the checklist. I wanted to talk about the event, the night of March 10th, 2013. And, and then I said, Hey, somewhere in this session, like I'll be vulnerable. I'll be in this like zone of, of the unconscious, which is mysterious to me. And like, just ask me when I'm in that zone, ask me what's up with the owls. And you did, you, you said, you said, what's your connection to owls? Now I have immersed myself. I have immersed my life in owls. That is like my front and center day to day life. I answer emails about owls. I write about owls. I study owls. And when you asked me, I said, the owls aren't important. Mm-hmm. which I never would have said. And I've listened to the audio many times and there's a, there's a, there's a sort of clarity in my voice when I'm talking that doesn't show up elsewhere. It feels like I don't know. It's, it was obviously my voice. It was me saying it. The words were coming out of my mouth, but I said, the owls are not important. The owl is a symbol on a door. It is the door that is important. Right. We are on this side of the door. And there's an infinite vastness on the other side of the door. And to me, that's a beautiful way to frame this owl mystery. Now, here's my question. Was I channeling? Where did that come from? You could have been. um, You're definitely receiving messages. I mean, this has happened very recently with another um, serial member, you know, client of mine, or he'll put out something in an email and it just, he asked me, he goes, he goes, that doesn't sound like me. You know, so it could be a being channeling through yours or sending the messages to you or through you. I think that's very possible because I, I hear it all the time. And, and I, and I, wondered whether it was my higher self like was my best self was it some part of me was it my subconscious that delivered that message i speak very poetically and very smoothly in a way that i do not speak throughout the rest of the hypnosis session um do you have any other examples of that you know i'm thinking of like um dolores cannon how she would work with patients in get them into a very deep form of hypnosis, and then this material would emerge. I would call that the material that emerged and made up her books, um, like uh, The Custodians. I would consider that um, channeled information. I mean, what other things have emerged as far as like what comes out when people are talking in this, in these other voices? Well, they're, never, they're, they're not always in a different voice. It's usually just information comes through that, you know, the person feels that, that normally wouldn't be me. I wouldn't say something like that. But I, I have not had sessions where the person will actually change demeanor, change voices, just like you you see typically in someone who's channeling or supposedly channeling. I'm not seeing it to that extreme, but just the information that comes forward, I feel that that's, they're being, they're being given that information. Like, what are you seeing as far as the, the, the information that's being imparted? What is there a pattern or what type of things are people saying? Uh, my, it's hard for me to pick out. Okay. 
a lot of these sessions seem to melt together because there's, I've done so many of them and then so many of them are similar. Mm -hmm. But just do what you said about what was told to you, the information given to you about the owls, that it was just a symbol. Yeah, just, just information that has come through about, you know, something happening soon that is, you know, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the wording, you know, that we're going to, be experiencing, of course, some turmoil, which we have, mm-hmm. but we have to approach all of this. Remember to approach all of this with love because we could change, which sounds so simplistic, but I hear this all the time. We have to approach it with love and and we'll get through it. So th- that this is one of my serial members where he gets information from a being who he calls his ancient mystic, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and the things that have been coming through with him are things that have been happening all around us, you know, all the, the upheaval and turmoil, I mean, all over the world. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's people are given information, messages, and we just, I think we just have to, Pay attention, just set all this information aside and see what see what comes forward, see what we experience day by day. Wow. But definitely abductees and experiencers are receiving messages, definitely. And messages of love. And this is something also in the community that it's almost contentious, where there's one camp that's very nuts and bolts. And then there's one camp that's very love and light. And there is this, um, the people who are coming forward with their experiences often paint their experiences with the veneer of, let's say, love and light. But is it emerging within their hypnosis sessions, this kind of loving benevolence? And I'm curious about this because I I struggle with this because I know that um, like I could bring into my research, I could project myself into it, and I could change the research. I'm trying to be very cautious not to do that. I do it to a degree, I'm certain. Mm-hmm. But um, are you finding a loving, benevolent message within the the hypnosis sessions, what's being communicated there? Well, yeah, some of them are, um, well, I don't know if it maybe, they're just messages. Um, I don't think they're here to save us from ourselves or they can interfere. I don't think they can interfere. We know that they've always been very, very concerned about our nuclear weapons and they can interfere with that. If they're going to be stupid enough to blow each other up because that affects the entire universe, but they give us messages where they tell us it's all up to us to change things. Now, people that have said all of their experiences are wonderful, light and love and benevolent, I'm glad they feel that way and they maybe have experienced this, but I feel very strongly that they're not remembering in the very beginning when they've been taken and going through what everyone goes through are the 
experiments and examinations and, you know, samples taken. Now, those people who said, I've come across them at these conferences, it's like, oh, wonderful, and, you know, and I'm happy for them. And maybe they are being contacted by completely different alien beings than the ones that I'm working with, with that are contacting all the thousands of cases I've had over the 30 years. And those people who have said they have nothing but wonderful experiences, they don't come, they, they have no reason to seek help, like from someone like me. But I just feel that they're just not remembering because they do, they're able, the alien beings are able to wipe out someone's memory. It doesn't work forever because I'm able to, to pull up the hidden memories uh, but I think they're just not remembering everything. And see, when once the when, once they go through all the sessions and they meet other people in the support group and they go through that whole process, and the fear diminishes, that's when they with the fear's not blocking them. They're able to receive messages. They're able to somewhat communicate with these beings. And, and like just like when you receive messages, many other people have as well. That doesn't mean that their their experiences with being taken and examined again and whatever else you know they're doing, you know that's not going to stop. But there there has been a lot of communication between the abductees that I that I was amazed because I knew these abductees in the very beginning were terrified. I mean, just terrified because they don't know what happened to them. And they had half memories. And then they were terrified to even go through the regression because they thought, oh my God, I'm going to experience this again. And, you know, all of these things. But yet when they went through the sessions, they did feel just like yourself they felt relief. They felt better. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, you going through the venting process, whether you're crying or or just verbalizing all these hidden memories. So um, it's just it's not see it's not all love and light all the time, and it's not all terrifying uh, examinations and. But everybody goes through that process. It's so hard for me to explain it. Oh, I get it. They go through that process. And like I say, once they go through all the regressions and and remembering everything and they meet other people, they, they, they don't feel so alone anymore. The people that I thought would always be terrified have now received messages. And some are even assisting the alien beings with calming down the new abductees being brought on board, believe it or not. I've heard that many times, yeah. I call it the graduation process, you know, because I I never thought I'd see the day when that would happen. But it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is tough. I mean, my role as an author and as a researcher doing this stuff, especially being so personal with my own experiences. Um, like I, I could 
you know, the, it's, there's so much information out there. I could cherry pick whatever information I want, and I could write a dark, frightening, traumatic book right? filled with dark, frightening, traumatic stories, or I could write a blissful, benevolent, magical, loving book filled with exactly those types of stories. Yet there is both that are occurring within the lore, mm -hmm. within people's experiences, and you know, I just, it feels like you could get sucked into your own reality tunnel and get lost and just get focused on that one thing. Right. And ignore the other thing. And that's been like, it's been a lot of work not to ignore the other side of the coin. Both of them have to be addressed and both of them have to be confronted, I guess. Yeah. Well, they do. I, mean, I, I totally agree. You have to, you know, when you're writing about, you know, your own experiences, as I, I write about my client's experiences, that all has to be in there with the um, being taken, the examination, the going through, and then the memory gets wiped out, and they're left with all these half memories, and you know, they go through life like that until they start exploring, and then it it'll turn. You know that, like I said, as soon as the as soon as that fear begins to dissipate, they're able to hear some of the messages or communication. I mean, there's not always a whole lot of communication, but there's some, and they're able to hear the messages or know, okay, I have a purpose. They come away with knowing that they have a purpose for this. Something is happening, you know, to them mm -hmm. for a specific purpose. So, yeah, you, you're right. You have to encompass everything when you're writing about this experience. Which is very challenging. It's very challenging. Hey, we are just about an hour into this, and I should let you go here soon. My final question is, like, f this is partially for me and partially for the listeners of this show, many of whom have had these experiences. I'd say the majority of whom have had these experiences. And um, so after, after Pandora's box has been opened and you can't close it again, how do I go on with my life? Just knowing that you're not alone. There are millions of people going through this. Those people who are lucky enough to be able to go to a support group, that helps tremendously. I mean, I've had mine, as you know, for 29 years. We're finally going to have our first in-person meeting in July after that over a year of COVID. Mm-hmm. You have to keep it to experiencers, abductees, and not allow just anybody to come in because then it's not considered safe, you know, a safe haven. So, um, and, that, and that's really important for, for people who are experiencing this. But you know that this experience doesn't go away. This doesn't stop. It may lay dormant for a while, but knowing that, whatever you experienced, you came out of it safe and you're alive and you, you're surrounded by other people who you can talk to because they've had this experience too. Yvonne, thank you. This has been really wonderful. Um, I, I just want to thank you for your role as a, not so much as a researcher, but your role as a therapist and a healer in this very, very complex work. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, we have a lot of work to do, a lot of changes, as I mentioned before, are coming or are, are here already. 
with the mainstream media, which is really important for people to start paying attention to what we've been talking about for a very long time. So people are going to start awakening to their experiences uh, they already have. So we just have to, you know, keep moving forward, keep talking about this. I'm glad you have your show. And thank you very much for having me on. It was my honor. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The formal part of this interview has ended, and during that talk, Yvonne and I spoke about the hypnosis session from August of 2018. I will be sharing the recorded audio of that session, and I want to talk a little bit about my decision to include this audio. This session happened almost three years ago, and I have never considered posting this online. The emotions were simply too raw. I created a written transcript, and much of that was used in the final chapter of my 2019 book, Hidden Experience. I also read it aloud for the audiobook, and this meant carefully reviewing the recording of this session to better capture the power of what emerged on Yvonne's couch. I worked very hard to capture the intensity of the emotion, and I was essentially performing my own dialogue, and I was, I was essentially acting. I was acting out the words that I had already spoken while under hypnosis. And the act of reading it aloud forced me to relive the emotions, and it was both difficult to do, difficult to read aloud, difficult to go through all that again, but it was incredibly cathartic. I included that reading in a series of excerpts from the audiobook, and these were posted on the Unseen, here, on the Unknown Country site, and this is titled Audiobook Excerpts from Hidden Experience, Part 3, and this is dated January 8th, 2020. What you'll hear next is the actual recording from the session. The audio quality is not perfect, but you should have no problem hearing the dialogue. I did some editing and cleaned up some of the long pauses, and, and some were very long, and this allows things to move along much more quickly, and it, it has become much more listenable. Uh, actually, listening to a hypnosis tape is pretty dull because the pauses are so long. And I will chime in during the session. You'll hear my voice at two points, and I will be describing some of what happened, and it will clarify a few things that might be confusing. I also snipped out some extraneous segments of the dialogue, and, and those weren't really important. We went astray a little bit, and I just edited those clean, and I simply cut those out, and you won't hear them. And um, I swore at a few points during the session, and these words are bleeped out. Um, you shouldn't need to guess on what the word was. Now, most importantly, I need to warn you that you will hear me cry, and, and these parts, for me for me, are terribly difficult to listen to. And I worry the emotions might be too raw. And, and I thought about editing out my sobbing. But for good or for bad, I decided not to. I realized that hearing this 
this might be very uncomfortable for you, the listener. And if you need to, just fast forward through it. The crying lasts for about three and a half minutes, and, and I am talking through much of that. Again, I, I need to warn you, this might be tough for you to listen to. It certainly is for me, but my hope is to convey at least a little bit the emotional power of this experience. The audio begins with Yvonne's voice moments after the completion of the hypnotic induction process. Here goes. Using all of her senses, just describe anything that comes forward. I'm in the sleeping bag and it's common just to wake up and roll around and look at the stars. And off to my left is the hillside and there's this structure with, that looks like a flying saucer or a house that's round. Looks like a... It's got a ring of lights on it. And where do you see the ring of lights? Around the... Like if it was a water tower or a round building, it would just be kind of around the center of the cylinder, I guess. Mm -hmm. On the edges of it. Doesn't seem like a flying saucer with like a pinched edge like a saucer. It seems more like a section out of a cylinder. Your senses are heightened. Do you hear any sound? Uh, it's very quiet. It seems like I might be able to sense the highway, which is a few miles away. Mm -hmm. The noise of trucks. In what position are you in as you're looking at this object? I think I kind of roll around, but I'm mostly on my back. Mm -hmm. And if I do look at the object, I might just turn my head. That's all I need to do. It's not hidden. And I have no sense of fear at all. Though it certainly looks like a landed craft. Now besides the ring of lights, do you see anything else that you can describe on it? seems like there's one light that's just a dot of light that's a little off from it. That's not part of the structure itself. I just, I'm just, it seems a little odd. It seems like an odd place for a house. Mm -hmm. But there's no sense of concern or worry or more just a curiosity how that ended up there. No, is your watching the object are you on your back i feel like i'm on my back you're able to see the object as you're on your back all i have to do is turn my head to the left to the left a little and yeah mm -hmm. it's right there it's not hidden it's easy to see it's far away but it's the night air and the, the it's clear and calm and no wind and cold and it's not hidden or anything. And do you 
sense or see anyone else around? No. And are you still looking at that object? I'm still looking at it, yeah. I don't know. I know there's three times I woke up. Mm-hmm. And describe what happened. I want to go to the light behind the bush. You just take a look at that bush and describe the light. It's not a car light. It's not a flashlight and it's like a glow as opposed to like a headlight pointing somewhere. Is a light shining on you? No, it just seems like it's behind the bush, like a pale glow behind the bush. Mm-hmm. And just using all of your senses, do you sense or hear any noise or sound? Sense any movement? No. I know it's them. I know it's them. I know that it's them and that I and but I'm like just dismissing it. I'm just oh it's a just a light. Try not There's to question. Try not to question yourself. Try not to analyze. Just get in touch with that feeling and emotion that it's them. And just describe what are you sensing or seeing or hearing. I'm sensing this knowing mm -hmm. that it's them and that I need to lay down again. And are you laying down? I was sort of sitting up and I laid back down. Okay, I as you're laying down, just get in touch with your body as your body retains memories. Your senses are very heightened and just describe anything that comes forward. I think I just snap back to sleep or something. Mm -hmm. I'm out, I'm out, I'm looking down at this thing. It's big. Mm -hmm. It's big and it's and I'm looking down at it and it it seems just black I guess there's little lights around it and I'm floating and I'm above it and and I don't think I'm in my body it's some other thing You feel your outer body? I think I'm still lying on the by the car in the sleeping bag. But the, some part of me is looking down at this thing. You just describe the sensation as you're floating, as you're looking down. Do you get a sense? 
anything or anyone around you? I'm not alone. It just feels like this again. It's like, oh God, this again. Just describe everything. I'm walking in a hallway. Could you just describe the hallway? It's curving around and the floor is flat, but it feels like the walls are all curved. I don't know how I got in there. All of a sudden I just am walking there. Mm -hmm. And there's, I'm not alone. There's either on one side of me or the other. There's either one or two on one side or one or two or the other. But I'm just walking and they're on the side of me. They're not in front of me. They're not behind me. Can you describe them? They're bald and skinny and big eyes and but it's like I feel like I'm I'm not tall anymore. Do they feel familiar to you? Yes. But it's mysterious at the same time. It doesn't, it feels like so normal. Mm -hmm. Can I go deeper? Just do a if whatever you can do something, just go deeper. Take a deep breath. I'm going to put my hand on your forehead. I want you to take a deep breath. Allow yourself to drift down deeper. Going deeper as you're allowing everything to come forward now. You just heard me ask to go deeper. And then you heard Yvonne's voice. And, and in that moment, the moment I asked, uh, I was pretty stressed out, and it felt like I needed to go to a deeper level of hypnotic trance. Um, for you, the listener here, it is considered unethical to share recordings of the induction process, so you won't hear this. Not to give anything away, but Yvonne simply encouraged me to visualize walking down some stairs. It was pretty simple, and it might not seem like much, but it helped me. It helped me a lot to to like basically go to a deeper place and allow me to go forward with this journey, this journey into my own forgotten memories, into my own unconscious, or into my own higher self, which was offering me a metaphoric, symbolic explanation for the questions that I had been asking myself for years. Okay, now back to the audio recording. Here goes. You still feel yourself going down the hallway? Yeah, and I'm... I'm not me, I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I'm a little bit mixed up, but it feels like completely normal. Mm-hmm. And I'm... It feels like they just had like a... 
rubber suit, like on a hook or on a coat hanger or something like that, and I just ended up in it, and now I'm walking down this hall as something else. And I'm the same height as the things on the right and left of me. Seems like I'm maybe five foot tall or something, but I'm definitely not as tall as I am normally. I'm shorter. But just describe now, as you're going down the hallway, describe everything and all around you, what is happening. Uh, it feels important. And what do you feel is important? Oh, whatever the reason I'm there is. And is there communication with them? It feels like it. I end up in this room. And there's other beings there, and it feels like they're sitting. And it feels like they're courtroom or a conference room mm -hmm. and they're all staring at me. Can you describe the conference room? Very plain. Uh, it seems like what I'm seeing is a conference room like you would have at a hotel room or a hotel. It's not much. It's very plain. There's nothing on the walls. There's a simple table, it seems like, and they're sitting at this table on one side, and I'm, like I'm alone on the other side of the room, and they're all looking at me. There might be one or two with me on that side of the room, the ones that walk me down the hall, but I'm not sure. And what do they look like, the ones around the table? It's foggy. They're all bald. And they're not moving. They're sitting very still. And it's like a trial or like a meeting. And they're all looking at me. And I, I don't think I'm at a podium, but it feels like that kind of thing. It feels like a trial. Mm -hmm. And can you describe what's being communicated? And now is the time, and I'm... And I agreed to this. Mm -hmm. And I'm here. Because now is the time. And I, I'm confused. I can't remember all the, I don't remember, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they're saying it. You'll be re able to remember all of the details 
very easily into the scribe to you. Now is the time. Like, why does it have to be so hard that they didn't tell me that it would be this hard being here? They, I mean, it was like, I'm like fighting. I didn't know it would be so hard to, to be here. And where's here? Like, my life on Earth. I, was, I didn't... Do you ask them why? Just say I agreed to it. But it's, I just, they don't understand how, what it is to be here and how, uh, how hard it is and how, like, They don't know, and I do, and they just, they don't know how hard it is. And I do, and they can't, they're blank about it, they're... What else do they communicate to you? Like, it's time, like, it's now. Like, I... Like... Everything leading up is... Is... It's now and what's going to happen with now everything's going to change do they describe how like the job I came here to do is starting mm -hmm. <laughs> and what is that? emotional like just get in touch with those feelings with your emotions <laughs> tell me what is happening what are you feeling what are you feeling what are they telling you I know I know I do They don't understand. It's hard. Being here is so hard. It's just everything about it is so hard. It's so. It's. I've spent so many years being so sad. It's so, like, in this pain. That's like pain to just be here, and they don't. They just said I... Mike, do they tell you what you're supposed to do now? That the time is now? Are they describing what you're supposed to do? Like, come forward and just talk about it. And, uh, and I'm supposed to play some role and it's so fucked up. It's just like I can't... Even, like, they don't know what it's like to just, to feel sad. They don't know what it's like to just feel, I don't know, it's a... <laughs> Do you try to explain that to them? I try to... <laughs> 
try and I feel like they don't, they don't. They just said I agreed to it. They said you knew, they said you knew, you agreed. Mm -hmm. So they want you to talk about your experiences. They want me to play some role. Like, I have some duty. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they just say it, and they don't, they don't know what that, how, how fucked up it is what they're asking. It's just like, it's so, like, they don't know what they're asking. Like, it's not, like, they don't understand what it's like to be here and just have to deal with, with, Sadness and fears and 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 loneliness and they just don't understand that part and they just said it's time and they agreed to it and and they're very it's not like stern it's like matter of fact it's like some some business deal they're just like Mm -hmm. now you're you is now is like like it's now Mm -hmm. and and all the all the like you agreed to this and now it's it's happening right now and now Now, you just heard something. An abrupt change happened, and I need to explain it. During this part of what you just heard, my own level of anxiety was nearly unbearable. It felt like my whole body was rigid with tension. And there is a point when you can hear it where I just, like, popped. And I mean that. The tension was severe, and it felt like my whole body was one of those floating pool mattresses. But imagine it was blown up, like too stiff, with too much air, and it, and it felt like I was about to burst. My whole body was tense and rigid, and it felt like someone hit me with a pin, and I deflated, like pop, and I deflated. It felt like my whole body just sank into the couch. At that moment, I stopped breathing, and it it literally felt like my heart had stopped. Now, I'm going to play that noise again, the noise I made when I deflated. And, And you can hear it. You will hear the tension release. I will play it twice. Here goes. After that noise, I was totally silent for one minute and 15 seconds. And during that time, it felt like I was like switched off. Uh, Simply saying I was relaxed isn't right. I was in this place of 
absolute calm. And, and I just said it just a moment ago, it felt like my heart stopped. All of this resumes the call and response of Yvonne's questions and my answers begins in a moment. You will hear Yvonne asking me a question. Here goes. Do they describe what they want you to do in detail? I think I'm back in the sleeping bag. I don't think they describe it. I think they just, if they do, I, it's not. I don't think I can say it. I don't think I'm allowed to say it. I mean, I, I mean, I, You can say it like you can verbalize No, but I don't think I can say what they want me to... I don't know, I don't know what they want me to do. I know that I wrote a book after. I know I started talking after. I know I mm-hmm. did all that stuff, but I think there's like more. And all I... I think there's more, and I don't know what it is. They're just telling you the time is now? The impression I have is that that I agreed to this Mm -hmm. in some other realm. I ended up here on Earth and I, I, I had this life and the life is all I don't know. I mean, they've done a lot of things, and it's like, and it, it's, it's, that's over. And there's this new thing that started right then. Mm-hmm. And they were stern about it, and they were clear about it, and they were, they were not. I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a... I didn't have a choice. I didn't have any kind of... I didn't have any choice. I was... I was told like a contract or like an agreement or like a plan or like a mission or like a... Mm -hmm. I was... I was whatever I had agreed to it started it was it was now and I don't see their faces and I don't the room is is all like just some stupid room in a hotel and and I don't is the room full? doesn't seem very full. No, it seems there's maybe two people or beings on one side, on each side of me, maybe. But I'm definitely standing alone. And there, it feels like behind a table, all sitting. And I can't see their faces. It feels like I'm talking to all of them at the same time. And and that's just 
I don't think it feels like like the message is your mission starts now mm -hmm. I'm going to touch your forehead and want you to take a deep breath and drift down deeper and as they're communicating this to you do you feel your connection with owls is part of what you're supposed to do of your mission I don't think we talk about owls what sense do you get about your connection with owls I get that the owl isn't important the owl is like a symbol or like a sign on a door and it's just the sign on the door and what's behind the door is what's important mm -hmm. and it's just a and for some reason I'm like an artist or something like that and I know but they don't know or I don't know how to it's like I I understand that you like there's a there's a like this like I understand how people like I like I understand how people take in a story and how they they need a symbol or a sign on the door the house like meaningless to what's on the other side of the door it's just the doorway that's important mm -hmm. the house the right symbol for the door but the the door is the like like we're on this side and the door is everything else on that side and there's a lot more like we're in this little tight hallway here and on the other side of the door is this this vastness are they communicating anything else to you no, that's the only message it feels like I got. It's just now it's time now. Mm -hmm. And I agreed to it. And I have got, it doesn't feel like I got any say in it. And it, and it feels like I'm. I'm fucking pissed and angry and, and that, that they would that I would have to do this and be here and they didn't understand they don't understand and I'm like do they tell you do they communicate to you that 
eventually it'll become clear to you what else you need to do? I think it's implied or somehow, but I don't, they don't say it. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I mean, I feel like I'm, like I never really fit in here. I guess I did in a way, but I was just battling so much emotional sadness or something in it. Your time on Earth? Yeah. And it, and it, I, I just see it all so, it's not, it's not clean and easy, it's all mixed up, like there's like, like I'm part of here and part of there, mm -hmm. and then it's, that it's not, it's not simple, it's all, I mean, the emotions are all messed up and tangled up. I don't think, I don't know if there's anything else I can get from this. I feel like I'm, like they, like there's some lock that they hold the key and I'm, and I am, I'm not, it's not, I don't have that yet. They're not opening that lock yet for me. It feels like, like that'll happen sometime, maybe before I die or something, but it feels like I'm, I mean, it feels like I'm waiting for like the next, like an envelope to be delivered where I open the envelope mm -hmm. and find the instructions. And I don't have that envelope yet. It feels like they are holding that envelope. Are you ready to leave this time? Yes, I gotta get out of here. It's too, it's too... Deep, deep breath. Don't touch your forehead. Just take a deep breath. Very, very deep. Everything that came forward, you're going to remember and remember more consciously as time goes on. This is Mike, and I am chiming in after the editing. This was emotionally exhausting, and I apologize if some of that recording, that hypnosis session, was too much. Um, the, the conversation with Yvonne, what opened this episode, was actually quite fun. It was breezy, we laughed, it was nice, I liked Yvonne enormously. It was wonderful to talk, but but editing with headphones on and listening so carefully to my own hypnosis session, this was tough for me. And now, like I'm, I'm wrung dry. And if you've made it this far, thank you so much. I mean that. Your feedback and your support has been so heartening. Thank you. Bye now.